Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision part of the people, our weekly podcast that we do for you, our fans, that you send in your questions through our social media channels, and we try to provide answers, opinions, thoughts, whatever you want to call them. I mean, <laughs> uh, guys, as always, if this is your first time checking us out on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. If you subscribe to the channel in the month of August, you'll be entered to the giveaway to win this swinging gator golf hat from our good friends at alma mater all you have to do is make sure you subscribe to the channel drop a like on the video and leave a comment down below pot of the people man just leave us a question for next week's show and we'll read that off and as always guys now pot of the people is available wherever you get your podcast from so if you don't have time to sit down and watch us on youtube maybe you want to listen to these these silly opinions while you're out cutting your yard or, or driving to your mother-in-law's on a Sunday and you just don't want to hear it, you know, hey, tune us in, man. We're here. We're here for you. All right, Wes, what's our first question this week? All right, CJ, the first one is for you. He got a, he has a two-part question. I'll give Hurst the second one. Okay. All right. We don't have as many as this week. Uh, this is from Marshall DePriest. He says, uh, he says, everyone, and I'll kind of give a, a slight take before I give it back to Hurst. But he says, everyone give your honest take on the tight end, tight end room. Livingston definitely looks the part this year. Hopefully, Arles can be a huge weapon. Um, yeah, that's CJ. Okay. Um, I'm not – I really like Arles Bordingham. I have been on the fan <laughs> train for Arles Bordingham for a long time. Uh, he was hurt last year, so we didn't get to see him. Um 
outside of him, there's a lot of unproven in in the tight end room. Uh, I think Xanders is a guy that maybe can step up. We saw some bright stuff from him in the spring game year before last. He shed some weight now. Um, you know, maybe he can be that guy. Um, but really, I think there's just there's a lot of unanswered questions in the tight end room, and I think that Arliss Bordingham is definitely going to be the main guy. He looks like you know the hood ornament. So I'm I'm happy for him, and I, I look forward to watching him play. But as a whole, the room is is being retooled, and we've seen that with the, the addition of Amir Jackson this year. Uh, so once he gets here, I'll feel a little better. But, but Arliss Bordingham should have a pretty great year. Uh, short answer: I give my take since you asked everyone, and Hurst is going to answer. Second question: I'm high on I'm with CJ. I'm high on Arliss. I'm just hoping that the the backups can at least block. Maybe if they're not catch pass catching tight ends, if they can block and help the offensive line. Uh, if you if you run in uh, twenty two personnel or something like that, where they can uh, go in and help the uh, the offensive line block, and and, and we can run downhill. Uh, to me, that'll be key. But and, and all this, maybe I'll Kyle not not like Kyle Pitts, Jordan Reed, or Aaron Hernandez type. But if he can just be a, a good pass catcher, be somebody that uh, Merch can depend on, because uh, that's always a uh, quarterback's best friend, a good uh, solid tight end. Uh, then then I'm fine there. But I'm it's like. CJ said there's a lot of unproven guys back there. So, uh, but I think all this is, it, he, I think he can be a star. Um, from everything I've seen and heard about him. So uh, all this is definitely uh, number one on the depth chart, in my opinion. And hopefully the other guys can can be great blockers. Uh, if they're great blockers or decent blockers uh, and can hold up there, I'll be fine with that tight end room. Uh, but the second question to you, Hurst, is he says, what are you guys hearing about our remaining targets, Mincy McCray and the Mabuka kid that popped out on campus this weekend? He is from Canada, plays the end. The classifying the 2024 kid looks the part. Hearing any traction with him? Um, Mincy McCray, we talked about it on our main show. Staff feels very good about their positioning with both players. They felt good before the last weekend. And despite both kids going to different schools for the weekend, they still feel like they lead for both. Um, it's it's going to be a fight. Don't don't get it wrong. I mean, you're you're up against top schools for both kids, so. You're going to have to – Billy's going to have to flex his recruiting chops for both kids. As far as the young man from Canada, oh, my God, that young man is a monster. Uh, I don't know how, how good he plays. I haven't had a chance to go watch any of his film, but he certainly looks like Tarzan. Um, the staff said they felt really good about him. A lot of people think, you know, they, Auburn has offered him um, – couple other schools that I cannot remember off the top of my head because that kid came out of nowhere like I had no idea I had seen a picture of him like three or four days before and I just thought it was one of those things where a picture was getting passed around because a kid was so big but man to find out that kid showed up on campus if he can play half as good as he looks he could be a future (laughs) (laughs) all-american all right see this is from Brian Holden he says what uh, what are Gator fans currently feeling about Graham Mertz or something related? Graham Mertz is, is mixed. You've got some in the camp that are that are have that have confidence in him, that believe that he can do the job, and you've got other people that have been, you know, not so positive since the day he came in. Um, I like Graham Mertz. I think Graham Mertz can do things 
And Graham Mertz is not going to be an All-American. He's not going to be a NFL superstar quarterback. That's just not him. But that's not what we need him for. We need him to just come in and manage the game. If you listen to uh, Buddy Matthews and uh, – excuse me, Buddy Martin and Shane Matthews' podcast, Shane Matthews talked a lot about um, Graham Mertz and how how he how much he liked him. And he said he reminded me of the, 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 the – excuse me, the other – Sorry, tongue twister. But he reminded him of the other quarterbacks that Steve Spurrier used to have come in, you know, guys like Terry Dean and those guys, Shane Matthews, uh, that would just come in and they weren't exactly guys that could throw the ball 100 yards and they weren't a guy that, that was like this freak athlete or anything like that, but they did all the other stuff well. They managed the game. They did their job as a quarterback. So when you hear a guy like Shane Matthews say that, I'm, I'm more apt to take his opinion than somebody who, you know, never played the position. So I think that, that that goes a long way with Graham Mertz. I think that he's going to be, again, he's going to be a guy that you're not going to say, wow, that's an All-American, but you're going to look at his numbers at the end of the season, and you're going to say, huh, he did a pretty good job for us. So that's my position on him, but the, the fan base is kind of mixed. Uh, I, and I said this to you guys off air. If he's a little bit better than Felipe Franks, who went 10-2, and two, that means our defense was good and we were able to run the ball. I'm happy with that. People forget Felipe Franks for all the Haiti guy. He won us 10 games, and I'll be happy with that 10 and 2 record right now. Um, I hope I'll be happy with eight wins, but that's another, that's a couple podcasts down the future, in the future. All right, Hirsch, uh, Ryan Gurren up under Brian's uh, uh, comments said, uh, With Miami having its issues, do you see a lot of players bailing on them due to poor NIL financing? If so, is there anyone we will be? After uh, this may be the first example of a coach losing his job uh, due to NIL dropping the ball. If if I want to give you my initial reaction, no, I really don't. I don't think Malik Bryant had his chance. That's that's the first guy that I think a lot of people will think about. And word on the street is he's very unhappy with his choice. <laughs> um, whether that means he hasn't been paid what he was promised whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen his bank account. Um, but that shit sailed. He had his chance. We, we pivoted. We've got a fine linebacker crew coming in on top of Jaden Robinson, who we got last year, uh, transfers, you know, nunnery. Uh, I don't think there's a, there's a chance of him coming. Uh, then you get to the two offensive tackles. Those will be the only other two guys you could talk about. If uh, Francis transfers, I think he goes back to the to the Northwest. I, I just don't see him staying down this way. I think he'll head back towards Oregon or Washington, one of those schools. Uh, Pancake is the wild card because I really don't – I can't tell you. I can't tell you what he was promised. I can't tell you how far off we are. I can't tell you what he's received. But um, let's just say it's going to be real interesting to watch how things play out over the next six to six to twelve months down in Miami with that uh, horse and pony show that they got going on. <laughs> All right, CJ, uh, this is from um, Sam Atwell. Uh, he said another question: Are we still interested in Elijah Thurman, or have we moved on? I haven't heard that name in a long time, so I would say no. Um, uh, that, that's pretty much the best answer I can give you. It just doesn't seem like it. Uh, you know, the name hasn't come up. Nobody's talked about him being on campus. Nobody's mentioned his name. 
the class like we got right now is pretty full. Um, there's not going to be a, many more spots of guys. I'm thinking you maybe can take maybe three more guys, and I think that's about it. I don't think you can take much more unless a Jeremiah Smith or Jordan Seaton. You know, those are plus one guys. You're going to make space for them either way. Doesn't really matter. But I think in the the cap right now, we're looking at probably three more guys. Um, and that's just kind of where we're at right now. All right, Hirsch, this is from Justin Wood. I like this question. He says, what do you guys think our record would be versus Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Missouri? 4-0 or 2-2? Good question. Hold on now. Kentucky, Missouri. Vandy and Tennessee. 3-1. and one. That's my guess as of today. I think we go 3-1. and one. And – very good chance to go four and zero versus those four. I mean, absolutely. I'm just going to hedge my bet a little bit and go and go with three, three and one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would hopefully, like you said, we go four and zero, but three and one, I'd be happy with three and one. I'd be leading with four and zero. CJ, he says, uh, "Who do you think? Who do you guys think?" we will land our first commitment for 2025. We've been getting that question a lot lately with all these recruits in the 2024 class and we kind of like four guys left that can probably get in the class. So yeah. now, you know, they're looking at 25 classes. You think, who do you think? I've been, on, I've been on the train of getting a quarterback first because that seems to be the MO. Like what, what Billy wants to do is get a quarterback early and then kind of build the class. So that's where I'm at. Um, you know, we saw Achilles Smith come into Oregon. I'm not really shocked by that. You know, his dad played at Oregon. I, I thought it was going to be a hard sell for us not to get him. Uh, so I, I think that that was that's just what happened. Um, then you still got the other guys. I like I said, I'm really high on AJ Hill out of Houston County um, as a quarterback for the 25 class. Um, I heard that we're recruiting him. The Carter Smith and Ryan Montgomery are the other two. So I think one of those guys are going to be your first in the class because I think the staff wants a a quarterback early. Um, That's kind of my position on it, though. Yeah, I I didn't say this on the main podcast uh, about Pickett. I know uh, you were talking about – I was asking about the concerns, and I'm not really concerned about a a 25 kid at this point, unless it's quarterback. You want to get your quarterback early in the class, as always, to have that already set up and have that guy locked in. When it comes to position players, uh, it's a little bit different. If they, unless they submit a, uh, a set of commitment date, and Pickett hadn't submit uh, set a commitment date, so there's no need to worry. He's already been on the campus a couple times, so uh, we are kind of like recruiting that guy and high on him. So not really worry about that. But if you want to get your quarterback early. Um, Hurst, another one from Justin Wood. He has two more. CJ will get the last one. He says, top guys we can flip in the 2020 for a recruiting class. Not named Jeremiah Smith. I'm not going to let you get away with that one, Hurst. So you can't say Jeremiah. That we can flip? Yeah. Uh, Jameer Grimsley and possibly TJ Moore. Grimsley plays a DB from Alabama. TJ Moore, the wide receiver, that's committed to Clemson. So those are the two guys that um, and don't rule out a running back possibly either. Yeah, um, that's that's coming. Um, save that for CJ. Okay. CJ, Justin, last question. Who do you guys think we take if we take one more running back for the 2024 class? That might be the flip that turns. Yeah, I segued the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Lyle, 
maybe is probably the one that you did. I look to is the most likely I'm still in the camp of, we're not going to get one. I, I don't think you flip any of these. I don't think any of these kids are worth uh, the headache anymore that, you know, the big time kids aren't going to happen. You know, Bowens has dug his heels in with Georgia. So that ship is sailed. What I understand the coaches, you know, you, you know, they don't exactly take kindly to somebody, you know, poo pooing on them. So I don't think he was either really an option. Um, Jarrett Gibson is a potential option. Again, with Jarrett Gibson, though, it's coming down to money. And we're not, what I understand and what I've been told, that there's no way we're going to match what Texas is doing. Um, I mean, and I don't really think we should. I, I don't, I think we're better off going to the portal, getting a highly rated running back that came out, you know, that hasn't really played a whole bunch, but a guy who's got reps, who's got experience. I think that'll, that'll be better off. I think that Trayon Webb has looked really, really good in camp, um, already. So I think he's a little further along than, than I thought he would be. Um, so Trayon Webb might, might be able to just step in and we can go from there next year with uh, Kane and Daniels. And like I said, I just think we'll go with a portal guy. I think we'll get somebody that's, you know, had the reps and the snaps because you're going to need the experience and they're going to hit running back pretty hard in the 25 class. Now that you've covered some of the other bases, you can afford to take two running backs or even three running backs in a class. Yeah, we, we're probably going to have to get a portal guy because it would be Trevor, Treon, Kane, Daniels, and somebody. Yeah, yeah we're going to get a guy in the portal. Um, Hirsch, last question from uh, uh, Facebook. I forgot his name. I'll say his name at the end, but his question I remember is: Have we still are we still recruiting uh, Ross, or have we quit on Ross? We've moved on from Ross. I'm not going to say they don't have communication with him. I mean, y'all said a commitment date today too. As so, oh, did he? Yeah. Well, that's even worse for us. Let's, let's just <laughs> yeah. throw that out there. Um, that was from Sam Atwell, by the way. I'm I'm not going to say that we're not still having a, hey, here's a text message. Hope you're doing well. Uh, you know, hope your season goes well, yada, yada, yada. But once Waller committed, um, pretty much the only guy on the defensive line that's, that's still got to focus is LJ McCray. Uh, it's a numbers crunch per, plus an assets crunch. I mean, you, you've got to, especially in the NIL age, man, you've got to make, you've got to, budget out the, the NIL to different positions and things like that. And you can, you know, it's just the way it's going to work. I know on the outside looking in, it's going to be like, Oh, you stack talent, stack talent, stack talent. But you also have to fill your needs too, before you, you know, do some of that. And, and I think we, we've stacked talent. Sometimes same thing with Christopher Jones. Uh, sometimes guys wait their time out and we got so many defensive line commits and they were in the, in the, the now you are. We want Ross to do. We want McCray. McCray is a Florida guy. You're gonna take the guy that's in state, in your state, over the guy that's out of state. So you're gonna go all in. Absolutely, that's guys. So, yeah, yeah. you got to get that in state guy over all of them. I mean, it, it's it's especially given how many guys have from this class have been from out of state. You're gonna have to make sure you get. You you can't upset coaches at these Florida schools by saying, "Oh, I'd rather have that Alabama kid than." Than your guy, and sometimes that may sound silly on the outside, like, well, take the best damn guys you can get and call it a day. But uh, 
you're rebuilding relationships at Florida high schools after that, Dan Mullen absolutely went to work with him on a with a flamethrower. So, <laughs> Until um, you build your program as that program again, yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. All right, guys, we got a few questions from the old um, YouTube comments this week. First, Lucas the Gator Man, as always, Lucas, thank you for your question. How important was the LJ McRae surprise visit? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, Lucas, that was a very important visit. They hammered out some things, uh, and the staff felt very, very good about their position with LJ McRae after that visit. Um, guys, we got a we got a round table question here. Um, hold on, let me find it. There it is. Who on the team will have the most yards from scrimmage this upcoming season? Give one running back and one wide receiver. Wes, you go first. Y'all know. Uh... I know who the running back is. It, it, it's it's pretty <laughs> – as yeah. long as Trevor Entian is returning kicks, I don't think you can even put anyone else on the no, – he, he said from scrimmage, I don't think the return yards – I'm not even counting the uh, return yards. I'm just going from scrimmage. Okay, okay, I'm with so, you. I'm with you. So I'm with Trevor. Even though I feel like Montreal will have more carries, I think Trevor will – we will see it is from – the, from the stuff I saw, it was a couple months ago. He's gotten faster. I, I think Trevor is going to have more breakout runs this year. Uh, Montreal will still be our workhorse. He will still get the 24 or 22 to 14, 15 carries for Trevor. But I think Trevor's yard per carry will be higher. He's Trevor's going to get the more 10, 15-yard burst, 20-yard burst that Montreal is going to get. So I'm going to get uh, – Trevor with the, the yards for carry as far as running back, as far as yards, because he's going to have uh, the breakouts. And, of course, I can't go with anybody but uh, Ricky as far as receiver. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy uh, with Arliss being close, a surprise close second. I think Arliss is going to be surprisingly close second. That's my pick. <laughs> uh, I'll say, I say Montrell for the running back. I just think that he's going to carry so much shoulder, so much of the workload. Especially with um, with Trevor starting doing some kick return stuff, I think you'll see, you know, because I, I expect Trevor to, to break a few and then sit on the sideline for a few more plays and get oxygen. Um, so I, I think that Montreal's going to be that, and then your wide receiver, you know, just just not to say Ricky Pearsall, I'll say Andy Jean because Andy Jean just looks like a guy that has already been here. It would not shock me if he breaks out and has an absolute monster season his freshman year because he looks so far ahead of where you would expect him to be right now. Yeah, just for the sake of time, I'm not I'm not even gonna go deep into it. Trevor and Ricky, I, I think Ricky might be the first one thousand yard receiver we've had in quite a while. I think he absolutely has that ability. And I've been on record as saying I don't think Trevor gets a thousand yard rushing, but I believe that's gonna be because he's gonna get a lot more receiving yards this year than than we saw last year. And I think Cam Carroll, like I said, is going to steal some yards from both of these guys from scrimmage. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out when the season gets here. All right, one more question off the YouTube comments. Do you think the staff could move either Kamari Wilson or Miguel Mitchell to the star position? Think one of those guys could work out really well there. Uh, Wes, I'll let you get that one. And I, and I think we probably know how that's going to go. But go ahead and give us your best answer. Yeah, Answer is no for for both. I think Miguel is straight at the the safety, strong safety position. 
I don't think Kamari has the hips to play that nickel position. You have in the slot, you have a lot of guys that are shifty and fast. This is, that's why I'm high on us getting Mac. Uh, a, a lot of people are against him because uh, he's short, but sometimes you need those to cover a guy like Ricky who plays the slot a lot. That's why I kind of am high on Mac and want Mac in this class, the kid from out of Louisiana, to cover those type of receivers that play the slot. So I don't think uh, Kamari has the hips for it. And we need uh, Miguel Mitchell, who's shown promise at the strong safety position. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, it's time for this week's community question. We're going to go ahead and knock this one on out. Um, this week's community question, as I can't find it, there it is. Which player's highlight tape did you watch the most? Now, in the in, I know this is this is how I initially started using YouTube back in the day. Was like. Oh, have you seen so-and-so's highlight video? No, let me go YouTube it. And I didn't used to watch a whole lot on, you know, there wasn't as much content back then. But um I burned up YouTube watching some some highlight tapes of some players, and I'll give mine at the end here, but we're gonna read some guys off real quick. Perry says, DeAnthony Thomas, ooh, the Mamba boy. Hey, that that joker was something. So he was the guy that first got me hooked on college football. That I agree with that one. Lucas said, Percy, six-star, let's be honest. Guys, that was all – you know what? That was all we had on the on the, on the the Twitter group this week. And I posted a little late, and I'm sorry for that. That's my apologies on that. I got a new phone this week. It threw me into the whole vortex of trying to get all my passwords straight. Wes, who do they, who do they say on the, on the Facebook group? Wes, you're muted. Wes, can you hear me now? My bad. Uh, ah, he's sick, Lewis. guys. Lewis Recock said Percy Harvin. Kenny Hawthorne said Percy Harvin, Jeff Dips, and Chris Rainey. Uh, Joel Cox said Percy, Percy Harvin still watching his highlights to this day. Speed kills. Uh, Wendell Manning said Fred Taylor. Jay Stubbins said Percy Harvin, Reggie Bush, and Reggie Nelson. Kenneth Hawthorne said Vince Young. Ryan Gurn said he watched a lot of Carl, Moore, Carl Moore's video back in the day. We should have worked out. We're so excited for him to join the Gators. Uh, Joe Kiel said, man, he watched a lot of Vince Young in middle school. Uh, Tim Fonville said, Percy or Fred. Uh, Byron Holden said, Tim Tebow and Percy. Gary Taft said, oh, mercy, Percy. Uh, Marshall Dupree said, he 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 went newer. He said, out of this class, he watched a lot of Jamonte Waller. Uh, if he was a few inches taller, he would be the number one edge in his class all time, I say. Um, uh, and he said, Tebow and Percy as well. William Shaw's said agree. Percy Harvin, Ernest Harvey said speeds kill, speed kills 2.0, 3.0. Lucas said Percy and uh, Justin Woods and Kadarius Tony. I loved his high school tape. All right, CJ, who was yours? Uh, mine, mine's old school. Like I, I you know. I like to watch a lot of Earl Campbell's highlight film. My goodness. What? Earl Earl Campbell. I've always uh, – speed, watching guys, like, run around people. You know, I love Tavon Austin's highlight tape and Reggie Bush and that stuff. But to just watch a running back just absolutely mow down people is is the most fun to me. Um, so I watched a ton of Earl Campbell highlights, especially, like, playing for the Oilers. Uh, just absolute freak. You know, his, his, his thighs were – like massive tree trunk thighs to the point where, you know, a guy came up and hit him in the thigh and knocked himself out. 
uh, in one of the highlights. That was always really fun to watch. But Earl Campbell's one that I've, I've always gone back to just because it was such a different era. The guy had a helmet that looked like it had been drugged behind the back of a truck for 30 miles. He was just out there running people over. So that's the one that I watched the most. Wes? Yeah, it, it was kind of like two guys for me. Uh, I watched a lot of Barry Sanders, my favorite running back of all time. I was shifty like him, so I love seeing how he just made people look ridiculous and uh, how people say the game has changed. They can't do that stuff today. And I've never seen another guy like Barry Sanders ever again in my life. And because uh, he died early and because he, even though he played for one of our rivals, uh, he played for my NFL team. I watched a lot of Sean. I, I go back and watch Sean Taylor all the time. Uh, I, y'all see the Gator thing behind me? I have Washington uh, Redskins slash command over here. I got Sean Taylor in Redskins, not Miami Hurricane, but <laughs> Redskins over here. But um, he was just, if you go back and watch his film, uh, his, his college tape at Miami, it is stupid. Like, stupid. Like, I've never seen a guy be that size and run that fast, hit that hard, have the ball skills, he would have been the best safety of all time. Um, pause on the ball skills. I saw that version, but pause on the ball skills. But pause to be on able the balls. Do, <laughs> but to do what he did at the height, he, the, the, the size he was, the speed he did it, he was just – he could play free or strong safety. There's never been another guy – when God created him, he created him differently. He was one of those guys, like, just was just different. So, uh, Sean Taylor. Um, mine, a lot of people that have followed recruiting for a while will know real easy. Mine was Noel Devine. When Noel Devine was at, at, uh, what was it? North Fort Myers high school. His highlight tape was something of legend. It was like, have you seen that guy's runs? And I was like, no, nah, go check it out. And I used to follow recruiting real big back then. Obviously I've followed it for years. And, um, I burned up watching that kid's high. I think I've shown both my kids his highlight tape multiple times. I'm like, Dad, we've seen that. I'm like, well, you're going to see it again because this man was incredible. Um, sadly, you know, nothing really huge became of his career. Uh, we really thought something, you know, Miami wanted him. Florida wanted him bad. He didn't quite have the the grades to get in, you know, to you know, any of those schools. He ended up at West Virginia, which wasn't a bad place for him with that offense back then. But it just never was meant to be. Obviously, Noel was a real – he wasn't a very big kid. He's 5'8", if that, 175 pounds. But his highlight tape in high school was ridiculous. Like, it was just one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And, I, and I'll still watch it to this day just to bring back the memories of watching that and wishing he was going to be a Gator right there with, with Demps and Rainey because that would have been incredible. Guys – as always, thank you so much for all your responses, your questions, your engagement. Man, we appreciate it so much. That's what makes this show fun for us. That's why we do it. Um, we know it's not for everybody. We know this show isn't for everybody, but we don't do it just for everybody. We do it just because we like it. It, get, it. it brings us a great bit of enjoyment to do it and answer your question and just do the have the engagement piece with each and every one of y'all. So y'all keep sending them in. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you like the video and leave us a question for next week's show, and you'll be automatically entered in the giveaway with a Swinging Gator hat from Alma Mater. Make sure y'all go check out Alma Mater. Man, they got some great merchandise as football season rolls around. Uh, CJ mentioned on our main show they've got a new hat 
the golf hat with the Pell logo on it. It's black. That thing is sweet. You better get it now because it ain't going to last long. Probably going to be on back order by the time you, you get to the website. So, guys, make sure you go ahead. Get us those questions in for next week. We'll be answering them. Enjoy watching all the practice highlights, you know, as the as the boys are out there working tonight and every night. And um, it's Go Gators, baby. Go Gators. Go Gators. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.